Hi guys, welcome to the latest issue of the Blue Sky Costume Podcast. I'm really lucky to be joined by the lovely Jackie today. Um, Jackie is one of our uh, parent-child foster carers um, from the Ringwood team, but also she now works for Blue Sky as a social work assistant. Um, so she's going to talk to us today about some of her experiences and um, hopefully everyone can learn something from it. So hi Jackie. Hi Ed, hi. Thanks for having you, me on. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, can you give everyone a little bit of an introduction? I've done it briefly there, but um, I've probably not done you justice, Jackie. If you could tell everyone a little bit about you. <laughs> oh, well, basically, yes. I know you are right, Ed. Um, I've, I've been with Blue Sky for 11 years as a foster carer. Uh, I've previously um, worked for another agency. So all in all, I've been fostering since, um, well, 1999. But... Um, and and that's purely um parent and child placement so i've done quite a few of those um this year sorry last year i i decided to take it back back step from full-time fostering and now i offer respite care for parent and child placements and i take you know and i've got a part-time job with blue sky which is fantastic um and i'm still involved with parent and child carers which is wonderful Cool. So you said you've been fostering PNC placements since 1999. Has, has much changed since then? Quite a lot. Well, actually, <laughs> that's not strictly true. My first PNC placement was 2001. Okay. Um, when I started in um, fostering, I, I um, was having youngsters, um, which actually didn't fit into my children at the time were nine and 11. And um, they weren't dealing very well with the challenging behaviour um, and I found it quite difficult. So um, I decided one day, my sister had had a, because I come from a family of foster carers, um, my sister had had a parent and child placement and I thought, I wonder whether that would work within my family. And I had my first one in 2001. And uh, yeah, and I've carried on because it did work. Um, there was no threat for my children um, from 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 the parent or the baby. So um, yeah, and 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 I've enjoyed offering support ever since. So why then do you think um, that PNC? You, you said it, it worked for you. What what why why did it work for you? What was different? Because I think I think for my family unit, with my children being, I don't know, it's just the way they, you know, their personalities are or the ages they were at. But when I had, we had, um, you know, children coming in with challenging, challenging behaviour, they found it quite difficult, Ed, um, mm. to share their toys, to share their mummy. Um, and when I had the parent and child, you see, mum is an adult, mum is an adult, whether it's a young adult or an older person, um, there's no, they, children see it in a different way. I can't yeah. explain it because I'm not that child, but it worked for my family unit. I know that. And, yeah. um, and I was, in, you know, happy to offer the support. I think that's good, isn't it? Because I think that's the advice that you'd give to anybody is doing what's right for your family unit, because that doesn't mean that you're doing a disservice to yourself, aren't you, if you don't do what's right for your family? Because if you're not in the right place, you can't provide the best care possible for that, for that parent, for the child or whoever it is that you might be fostering. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not to give up at the first hurdle as well, because there's there's lots of different forms of fostering out there, isn't there? Yeah. And and I think, you know, the beauty of uh, being with Blue Sky is we offer so much. And and I think you can you can you know, if one isn't suiting your family unit, hopefully um, we can we can find another another path to take. 
which yeah. will. Um, so linking on from taking a path, um, yeah. one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the court process. The court process when you have had a parent and child placement, and what I wondered if you could take us back to the build up to go into court um, with somebody who you who has lived in your house for a certain period of time and you've done an assessment on them. So if we look at the the build up and then actually arriving at court and what's that like? So if we can start at the beginning of, you know, you're doing your assessments and stuff like that. So maybe sort of two, three weeks before, you know, the court date, so to speak. Yeah, I I think probably the best thing to say at this point as well is not to scare too many foster carers off that we do not get asked into court very often it really doesn't Mm. happen very often and in all those years I've been fostering I've only appeared in court twice I've been invited on a third occasion which didn't actually happen in the end but I've only been in court twice so I just think that's important to you know to mention that um so basically what 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 happens usually um and I can only go on what you know my personal experience was. So one particular case, um, the parent, um, it wasn't going particularly well within our within our placement. So we we don't do the assessment work as foster carers. We're literally here to observe and record, and that's what we do. We leave the assessments for the social workers and 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 the court the courts make the final decision so within our recordings we can only record what we see what we hear and what we think is relevant to that case um, so obviously your recording is very very important um, during parent and child uh, placement um, to keep them accurate to keep them factual you are entitled to opinion but it's it's better to keep to the facts because um if you're called into court they will only want you to recall the facts and not your opinions so So, so, um, can i just ask a question then so on those instances where you haven't gone to court yeah um what's of your recordings being used to form a judgment on the outcome for the parent and the child then Still. Yes. Yes. So usually um, the the all your recordings will be sent to uh, legals um, within local authority and for the parents, uh, you know, the, the parent solicitor as well. Mm-hmm. And they will base their case on those on those findings um, in your recordings, as well as the the professional reports that are done alongside um, when they're when you have a PNC placement. Yeah. Um, so sometimes your recordings are enough um, to to you know to get a clear picture of, of where of where this case is going, whether mm. you know baby will stay with mum or 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 a dad, or or baby will you know have to you know they'll have to think again where, what's going to happen to for baby's future um, if it's if it's you know it's in question. Yeah. So usually. Um, what happens if the parent is contesting so if a decision is not going well for the parent uh, assessments are coming through from from professionals who are doing parenting assess- assessments there's there's assessments coming from the guardian um, and if those are looking you know um quite bleak for, for parent to to end placement walk out of placement with baby they they, they can contest the hearing so mm-hmm. parent solicitor will then say well hang on a minute uh, we think you know mummy's mummy's doing enough or daddy's doing enough to to 
keep this child and then that's when it can be brought in that you're asked to write a statement um, to, to um, a statement of evidence to back up what you've been recording all this all this time yeah so somebody somebody comes out and says um, Jackie um, you know you've said all these things can you that now can you record that officially as a statement to say this is what I've witnessed is what exactly, I've observed, Ed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And is that, is that written, recorded, filmed? How's that done? Yes, that's written. So okay. uh, you'll probably get notified by uh, your Blue Sky um, social worker um, that local authority, legal department are now looking for a statement of evidence from yourself. So with, with, uh, with that um, support, you will write your statement to the best of your belief of, of how, what things have been happening. Uh, they have to be factual. Um, and yeah, you, you, you know, you, you will get help with that, how to write your statement, but it has mm. to be your words because it's your recordings you're basing it on. So yeah. it has to be yeah, your voice really written in a document and then submitted to the local authority and then they submit it to their legal department, which is then submitted to the court. So I think just to clear up then, I think because sometimes when people say, people hear, oh, we've got to give a statement, you know, you're not taken into a police room to then give a recorded statement. It's actually done at home. You type it up and then you submit it. Is that right? That's my experience, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So you've, 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 you've given your statement. Um, it's been submitted. Um, then, then what happens, Jackie? Yeah, so then you sometimes, uh, you know, your statement is enough. Sometimes you may not even be asked to go to court. Um, it could be there's enough evidence in there with obviously backing up all your recordings uh, that that's enough. But on the odd occasion, if it's a contested hearing, the the um, the parent solicitor may want to question how you've arrived at those, at the, uh, you know, your findings in, in a statement mm. and in your recordings. So you will be, you may be called into court at the final hearing. Um, so court, court hearings can go on for 26 weeks, uh, which is the usual period of time that um, a parent at the beginning of you know the 26 weeks is perhaps asked to come into placement and then all legal proceedings begin so there's various court appearances that are made along the way but you as a foster carer if you're going to give evidence it's usually at the final court hearing okay so can we just talk about that journey then so you'll say you do you say did you say 26 weeks that's the the legal process okay so the 26 weeks then begins then when the parent has been to court the decision has been made that the the, the parent and the child are going to be coming to you know coming into to live with you and then so that's throughout those 20 sorry yeah sorry that's on an interim care order so once an okay. interim care order is granted in the court they have 26 weeks to 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 get all their statements in that have been requested by the court okay and so they're living with you during that time and you're doing, you know, whatever it is that you've been asked to do by the court um, with, the, with the parent and the child. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our, that's that's our role. Our role is to support, obviously. First and foremost is 
to be that role model, to offer that family nurturing environment for support and help and just really start to build a picture. So you, you are the eyes of the local authority really. Uh, so everybody can just build a picture from your, from your findings on how things are going between parent and child. How, and how do you balance that between, you know, you've just said you're the eyes of the local authority. Mm. How do you balance that, particularly if you have a parent who you think, oh, I want them to succeed. But what does that, how do you balance that, Jackie? Yes, it's very hard. <laughs> it, it is a really hard task sometimes because, you know, you you have so many hats to wear when you're a parent, child, foster carer. Mm. You know, you 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 want to be you you're there to be obviously safeguarding for the for the baby first and foremost. But you also become usually a parent for the parent who has never had that parenting before. And you, you, you want to take them under your wing and, and help them as much as you can to, to help them succeed. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's, it's such an uphill struggle where for the time, the very, very short time they're with you, the needs are so great. Um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a huge hill to climb to, to, to honestly, you want them to succeed, Ed, but sometimes it, it, it's just not going to work in the, in the time frame because you can't, you can't repair all the damage that's been done in, the, in, that, in that young person's life mm-hmm. um, to become a parent themselves. And they probably had no parenting themselves. And I guess that's really difficult, isn't it? Because you're, you're keeping what is best for the baby at the centre all the time. And that's what you've been asked to do by the court, isn't it? You've been asked to do what is best for this child and observe the parent's ability to parent. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. and, and, you know, you go into foster care, I would imagine, because you are a caring person and you've got somebody living with you who is struggling to potentially struggling to, to parent their child. Um, and and I and I from my experience Ed over the years and I all I can say hand on my heart is um, I've tried my utmost to put in as much support and help to enable that parent um, to leave with their child going forward mm. and that's all you can do um, sometimes it, it, it works and but sometimes it doesn't and so, I guess as well isn't it I mean we've had conversations about this before and actually what does success look like for each person involved in the placement so what success might a successful placement might look like for mum or dad is might be very different to what a successful placement looks like for the baby because as much as you want to hold on to the baby as a parent actually at times that might not be the best thing for for the baby um and then what does a successful parent uh, successful placement ending look like for you as a carer when you've got your own kind of what you want to and how you view your own morality and how you view you know what success is looks like so i can imagine that once a placement has ended you're quite tired <laughs> you are you, yes it's exhausting <laughs> Um, because you you do it's very intense there's lots of um outside assessments being done as well you can have lots of visitors to your home um you you know an an independent parenting assessor you can have a pams assessor if there's learning needs involved learning Mm -hmm. difficulties involved um guardian ad litem hopefully visits um and social workers so yes it's quite exhausting um because you are trying to do a huge piece of work really um 
yeah, but keeping that child at the yeah. forefront of it all. Is so why did you do it for so long? Pardon? Why have you done it for so long then? Oh, because it's just so, it's just so wonderful to know that you try, you re, you really try to help somebody. And I've had parents that have had their children taken from them and have stayed in touch um, because they they they've tried and they know that you've tried to help, but it's still you can be so nurturing and you can make such a difference um, to to obviously the child's life but you can also make a huge difference to that parent's life as well mm. and and that and, and they'll take that with them Ed. it's you know they may not always show it while they're with you but once they've gone um, yeah. I think it you know lots revisit and and and, I, and it's heartwarming it really is to know you've you've been a part of that uh, change in a person yeah um so we've got slightly off tangent but i'd rather do that but to come yeah, back sorry. to the call no no don't apologize that's me that's me to speak i'm just i'm just so interested in it because it's not something that i know much about whatsoever and to hear you talk about it we've had loads of conversations about it i always find it so interesting i always learn something different and i hope that's oh. what people take from this is those people that have been foster carers for years and don't have never done a parent and child placement to hear this and go okay maybe that's for you maybe it isn't but um yeah it's just it's good to it's not it's always nice to have a conversation with somebody about um, conversation with somebody who's passionate about something who cares about it and uh, yeah. yeah I find it that's why I think I find it so interesting so <laughs> you, you've you've um, you've submitted your um, your statement um, yeah. and you've got you've got your court date and then what happens is it a, a big court like you see on TV is it a smaller court what, what's that like as you're, you're walking into the court yes um I think any any court arena is unless you've done it before it is it, quite scary a bit intimidating not knowing what's going to happen uh, who's going to be there so basically it's a family court hearings which are private proceedings so no, no members of the public are invited into family court um, I've been into the court uh, rooms in, in um, Bournemouth and I've been into the courtrooms in Southampton and um yes yeah, so basically you go in um you're searched you you're asked um to sit in a waiting area um and then you find out which court because there's lots of courtrooms um and then you'll be sort of positioned somewhere around that courtroom uh who goes with you jackie who goes with you do you go with the parent or do you go with the social worker who goes with you or do you go by yourself Basically, uh, I've been supported by my Blue Sky social worker to court. Um, you don't go with the parents. So these become quite independent and private um, times for the parents. So she will be with her solicitor. So she will have gone off in the morning. Um, you will perhaps be responsible for looking after little one or, you know, if your partner or or whoever helps you uh, can care for the baby but you will be asked to go independently to court yourself um yes so uh, although i've gone with my husband he hasn't come in the court room with court yeah gone in on my own because it's my statement written yeah. by me so uh yeah so what, what do you have to wear you got to dress up <laughs> i think yeah i think just just you know just keep it simple keep it yeah. smart keep it simple uh be very aware of just you know not chatting openly to anybody in the court house about anything people you know are it's 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 people have ears it is private so um mm. 
it's best just to keep yourself to yourself stay with your blue sky social worker they will support you during that time and then you you'll be called into the courtroom um you can sit there basically you're told to get there roughly about say half past nine in the morning uh, 10 o'clock but you may not be called in till after lunch so it's a matter of um, this cafeteria there usually you have use of so it's a matter of really waiting around until an usher will come and find you um and then tell you when it's your time to go in because you mm -hmm. will only go in for that period of time that you're being questioned yeah, and then yeah. you'll be in the in the in the witness box and then you'll be asked to leave after that so you're not privy to anything else within within that court uh hearing just your part that you've got to contribute just your part yes yeah. so um when you are asked and you're called forward what was that like the first time did your stomach churn were you nervous yeah. Yes, my th yeah. my mouth was dry. <laughs> I was really nerve wracking. You know, yeah. you just literally ushered into the witness box. Um, you've got all these people looking at you. It is quite nerve wracking. Yeah. But um, so just just re reeling back a little, I would my advice would be if anybody is called into court that they re before you get there days before reread your statement know what you have written so you it's fresh in your mind and also start looking back over your notes over your daily logs that you have been your daily diaries that you've been recording in or your reports that you've submitted just to refresh your memory because you don't know what they're going to ask you um, so that that's just a little bit of advice with the run-up to before you get there on the day and I think as well, we'd spoke previously um, when you said about that. Is you said you put little reminders into your um, into your feed, uh, into your notes um, to help you get into the mindset of what that day was like. Yeah, I do. I do because um, if something significant has happened on on that particular day, it's really important that you try and focus your mind back. And sometimes that can be months and months and months. So what I I've tend to do is I'll, I'll make a little personal note in my in my uh, daily recordings uh, so I'm aware of, of I don't know maybe there was a visitor to the house or, mm. or something happened where I can just recall something or parent did something um, unusual so I could just cast my mind back just something to trigger it I suppose yeah so you're, you're sat down and then the solicitor goes uh, right uh, Jackie uh, on such a date, you said this about parent A. Why did you say that? Is that the kind of questioning or how does that work? Yeah, so, so basically you go in and what you ushered into the witness stand and there will be the whole um, court bundle that they're using throughout the case. And usually they're waiting for you to come in. So it will be open um, on the pages where your notes will appear or your statement will appear. So that'll yeah. be presented in front of you in the witness stand. So you basically... Um, you it could be a magistrate court or there could be uh, the, the where the judge uh, a court crown court where the judge is so there's two different court uh, rooms there as well to think about so you could be addressing three magistrates or one judge so basically the solicitors so there will be legal representation uh, by the local authority so the social worker will be there possibly the social workers manager and their legal representation 
Then there'll be the guardian ad litem with her or his legal representation. And then there'll be the um, parent and assessors might be there. Oh no, they'll be called, sorry, they may not be there at that point. They might be called separately to you. So the parent solicitor will also be there. Um, so it can be, it can be fully, yes, it can be quite interesting. And one by one, um, they may ask you different questions. First of all, they'll ask you to confirm whether that statement of yours is true. Yeah. And they'll ask you to swear to tell the truth. Um, and then they'll, they'll say whether that, you know, you wrote that statement and you, you have to say you did, obviously, <laughs> to give evidence uh, about it. And then they'll, they'll perhaps start asking you a few questions based on what you've said in your statement or what you've recorded in a daily log or a report that you've submitted. Mm -hmm. And it'll be in front of you and you are allowed to refer to it, read it, try and try and remember it. And um, if you need to take time, they will give you time. You don't have to rush because you do feel a bit obviously under pressure and try, you know, it's a lot to take in. Mm. So um, you can ask for a glass of water. See, that's, you know, that's what I was about to say is um, that's the conversation that I had with Amanda once. She was talking about one of the, some of the best advice she'd ever had. And she said, one of the best pieces of advice I ever had was, she said, if you ever go to court, it's to take a glass of water with you or ask for a glass of water because that gives you thinking time. So when, yeah. if you're asked a question and you're not sure, to use yes. that time to have a drink on your water, compose your thoughts and then respond. Because ultimately, with something like this, you're not the one, you know, you're not being questioned. You are simply there to present the facts, aren't you? You're to, prevent, to present your observations to the court and that's that. But I guess it's more what you put on it yourself to think, oh God, I've got this, this pressure, isn't it? So it's actually, you've got to manage yourself, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it does feel like you're under, you know, mm. uh, you're, you're sort of um, there to, to, to answer, you know, many things about yourself, but you're actually not. It, mm. It's really just confirming a few questions that they have. Um, and actually, I have to say, the second time I went into court, I wasn't so nervous at all because I was quite confident in, um, you know, you, you begin to understand your case and um, you're there for the baby and you're, you, you know, there's no question really on, on what you've seen, what you've recorded. And, 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 and I think just staying calm will help a great deal if you can, because you're just answering a few simple questions usually, uh, but it can be by everybody. So <laughs> you can be in there quite a while, but you know, how long, how long well, quite a while? I was um, the second time, I think it was an hour um, yeah. in the stand, on the stand an hour. Um, yeah, but you know, it, 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 it isn't anything um, that you haven't written about or understand what is going on within your, within your case, within your placement. Um, and, and I guess it's the unknown. I guess it's the unknown, that kind of like building it up, thinking, oh, what's it going to be like? But like you say, you're, being, you're talking about what you know about because you're, you know, you've been approved to be a foster carer. You, you know, that's your first hurdle, isn't it? So you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. But I guess it's like anything, after you've done it the first time, the second time, you, you, the, the unknown is not there as much anymore. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So what did you do leading up to it? Did you do any sort of practice? Like, what did you do leading up to it to kind of prepare yourself? <laughs> Well, I, I just really kept reading my logs. And, yeah. um, and you didn't get Mark to dress up as a judge or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not, 
quite. He hasn't got one of those weeks. <laughs> it needs one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just, yeah, I was just really just trying to, you know, become more familiar with what I'd written to refresh my mm. memory. I talked to, you know, my my social worker as much as I could to, you know, make sure that. I don't know. She was helping me all the way, and I really appreciated that um, because obviously social workers usually have been in court a few times mm. and can help, you know, help a great deal. So I really appreciated that support at the time. And what about support for the parent? Because obviously they're going through, you know, that that build up that we're talking about that you're going through as a carer. What about the support for the parent during that time? yes it's it's sometimes they they have nobody but their solicitor um and i do feel for them it's it's such you know to begin to understand the law you know based around uh these proceedings is 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 is, you know it's it's crazy sometimes Mm. they they're sent all these legal papers and they're meant to read them and understand them and I, I feel I, I really do feel sorry for them sometimes because they really don't understand uh, what what's going on a lot no, of what's your role very as a PNC carer well we're not really allowed to um to get involved in in their side the, the, it becomes be quite private between the parent and the solicitor yeah unless there's special needs um usually they there's an advocate there hopefully for them to guide them and help them understand it yes absolutely um yeah uh it it, it can become quite difficult when it's when it's the final towards the final Mm. court hearing because it obviously can go one way or another and um they're protecting themselves um you know, uh, they don't want to talk too much in front of you, which is understandable uh, yeah. because we do have to do an awful lot of recording of what we hear and what we see. And they know this and um, and it's their time to, you know, keep things private between them and their solicitor. Yeah. And so what about um, you? You said we're talking about potential outcomes. What about so you've been to court, the court hearing is finished. The final decision has been made. What happens then? Who tells you what the decision is? It, 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 you wait to hear actually you wait on the end of the phone and hopefully when it's all over um the social worker the local authority social worker will phone you um sometimes they don't sometimes you can be waiting honestly uh, ages and ages and um just wondering what's gone on because and where's we, the at this time the parent is and they can phone you as well i've had the parent phone me when they've got out of court before now before the local authority social worker or blue sky social worker has had a chance to phone me you know yeah um so they're they're at the court um if 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 it's um a positive outcome obviously they're on the way home and they're as happy as larry and you know all's good um and then on the way back home as in on the way back home to you Yes, on the way back home here to be with their yeah. baby, be with yeah. their child. And then there's usually um, talk of a transitional period to wherever, you know, home will be for them. Okay. Um, yeah. If it's negative, um, you, 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 are, you are called, um, hopefully as soon as possible after, mm. after that, hearing that, because uh, local authority social workers obviously want to prepare you that parent will not be coming back um and it can be as blunt as that they can go out in the morning um as as hopeful as anything that you know it's all gonna end happily for them and and um and i'm afraid it can um you know go completely the opposite way 
Um, and so, and so, what happens then? Then, so the parent is told that you know your the custody of your child is going to be you know A, B, and C, whatever the outcome is. You're then told, what does your, your responsibility then come become? Yeah, usually, um, from from my experience uh, from parents being at the court, when they know it's going to be a negative ending, they they can they it's discussed in court, and mm. they're they're asked um, if if you know they would like what you know they can have a say in the future of the baby uh would they are they happy for the baby just to stay with um you know foster carer um because obviously to minimize the amount of moves for baby until a forever family is found Mm -hmm. um that that's the best interest of the child so they're they're included in that hopefully just to reassure them that you know their baby is going to be cared for really really well um you know they have trust and faith in the foster care because they've lived with them and and that helps them hopefully um to deal with this terrible situation they find themselves in um and carers can then look after the baby until um, obviously, I, you know, a special guardianship order may be granted for a member of the family. Um, adoption could be within the family mm-hmm. member or outside adoption is sought. But that 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 then moves on to a separate, um, you know, a, 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 another sort of um, assessment in itself. What, yeah. what yeah. baby's going, what, what happens to baby next? But um, yeah, so it, it can be very traumatic mm-hmm. um, for obviously here, you know, but for you as well, because, you know, you want the best, obviously, you've tried your best uh, to keep that parent and child together. And, and, and sometimes it does, it breaks your heart that it just hasn't worked out. Um, but, you know, deep in your heart that that is in the best interest of the child. Yeah. And so what do you do after that, Jackie? What do you do? So you, you, the, the young person, the, the baby has, you know, whatever's happened to the baby has happened. They've either gone back with parent or have been adopted or special guardianship or whatever. What do you do then? Do you go, do, do you start again straight away? Well, usually I have a good night out, go and open some wine, <laughs> go for a meal. But Mark and I, we, we, I always like to break Ed. Um, that that's the way we're all different. Uh, I know colleagues of mine. They get you know they want to be kept busy. They enjoy it. They go. They want you know. They go straight back to placements and say right. I, you know we're ready now for another parent and child. Um, so yeah, we had a few little breaks, um, but um, and then yeah, was ready, refreshed, go back in again really, and 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 start start the process again. Um, yeah. And then, and then you join. And then you come to across to us at Blue Sky, and then. Uh, and start working for us as well yeah that's yeah great. i know but that's wonderful for me because obviously i i still have a passion for parent and child and you yeah, know I, I i and i want i just want to support new foster carers and the foster carers we have who are all brilliant they all do amazing jobs they really really do but obviously i i just have a little bit of you know empathy i know what they're going through and hopefully i can support them helped you know um because I've been there and I've done it yeah. and um, I know what it very hard um, yeah. and it needs a high level of support. It does. And so, and, and when we're talking about that support, um, I would just say to everyone who is listening to this, if you are a parent and child carer in Blue Sky, um, if you want to speak to Jackie, if you um, email me and my details will be uh, listed underneath the podcast um, and I'll pass anything on to you. If that, is that, if that's all right, Jackie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've I, said I, that, so hopefully it is. <laughs> yeah. 
I only work part time. I work on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So if I don't get back to you immediately, I, I will do. Um, yeah. But yes, of course, of course, I'm oh. here to to help um, anybody thinking about it. You know, uh, it's there's great support from Blue Sky. I'm here to support. We have other foster carers to buddy up with. Um, you know, it, Blue Sky, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, the support, I think, for parent and child. Cool. Um, well, thank you, Jackie. The one other thing that I would just like to say um, in terms of this, from my perspective, is things like our participation and um, the, all the activities that uh, an engagement that we do for young people is open to our parent and child parents as well. It's about finding the right thing that works for them. Um, and, and if we can put things on at Blue Sky that they're able to, to join in with, that might be the spark. Um, that helps them sort of look to the future in a positive way. So, um, yeah, you know, I'd love to see more parents from parent and child placements involved in, in what we do across Blue Sky. I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's lovely. So, yeah. Um, so, Jackie, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I know you were really nervous before you started, but it doesn't come across. Um, oh. <laughs> thank you, for, thank you for your time, Jackie. Oh, thank you very much, Ed. I hope it's uh, helpful for somebody out <laughs> Thanks, there. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Bye. I hope you guys found that as interesting as I did. Um, I love talking to Jackie about PNC fostering. Um, like I said, when you've got somebody who is passionate about what they do, it's great to hear. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the issue and see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>